I can name so many strong black women, but I can't name a lot of black women that are free. Mm. Mm. So I think that's what makes you all unique is that how, I mean, how many strong black women do you know? Millions. All of them. You know what I mean? So it's like, but people like seeing you all get to be yourselves and don't like, you don't feel tied down to anything. Like that's very unique. Oh, well, thank you. Wow. It's crazy that that's unique. Right. You know, but when you think about it, 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 we have to kind of learn to be comfortable in our freedom because we've been taught so often to conform and to be quiet and to take up less space and to like, just be quiet, you know? So it is like a a tool, a muscle that has to be exercised. Welcome back to Good Moms, Bad Choices. I'm Erica. And I'm Mila. Happy hump day. Happy hump day, bitches. It's time to smoke a blunt. It's time to smoke a blunt. Is it back with a clock? And your nipples out. It's not and out. nipples out. I don't know how many times I'm going to tell you, my areolas are camouflage. See through? They're camouflage. So, yeah, you can't see If you're any. on YouTube, <laughs> go now. Look at Mila's nipples. The one, one minute mark. And maybe you'll see mine because mine are really big and they keep popping out of my dress. <laughs> this is how we entice people to come to our YouTube. Come to our YouTube channel. So all 20,000 of our subscribers mostly came over to see our nipples. Excuse me. It's like 24,000. <laughs> um, and if you haven't subscribed, make sure you click the subscribe button so you get alerted every time our beautiful faces hit the YouTube channels. We got a nice studio and shit. We look good. We be getting dressed and putting on makeup and shit. Yep. Holla. Today I'm wearing orange because I'm flirty and it's the end of summer and I wanted to feel flirty and orange and I have these beautiful accessories on if you dare accessories this is a female founded female owned black owned accessory business and I like my earrings they're very bushy they're they're petting soft they're soft they come in many different colors they kind of look like something from Whoville well you know that you know in the episode we did with Lair and Lionel and I had the pink ones oh yeah yeah she makes those I'm wearing a Dijon dress with a high split up my sexy Dijon? Hat. I don't know. Like, it looks like mustard. I've never you. heard anyone call a color Dijon, ever. Well, today you did. <laughs> it's called Dijon mustard, bitch. <laughs> I was looking at it to figure out what the color was, and I chose Dijon mustard because <laughs> I'm spicy. <laughs> this is by Vintage Souls, and we actually have a discount code at Vintage Souls. Show them the slit. Hold on. Let me, give me, let me do my drip track. My drip track. Yeah, yeah. Let me put my shoes on. Oh, wow. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna be stand totally out of camera. Oh yeah, like, see, look at that little slit. You can pull it, pull it to make it. Oh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I love the form fittingness. It looks good on all shapes and sizes. The material is soft, kind of like those Calvin Klein underwear. That you know those sheets and those underwear that everyone likes. And if you're on YouTube, you can see Mila shaking her big fat booty and her nipples out again. That's so. my areola. <laughs> you know, just a little something, something. You know, I just want to, you know, show my haters a little ass shaking for the day. <laughs> you know, set your mood off right. <sighs> Are you going to roll the blunt today, my love? I can, yeah. Roll it up. Roll it up, roll it up. Today, Nelly, shout out to Nelly, our podcast producer. We had no weed, and so she gifted us with hers, and it's actually not weed at all. 
or it is weed, sort of weed. It's CBD, THC weed. It's low THC weed. It's 7% weed. So hopefully we won't, we won't get midway down through the conversation. You're going to be so smart. You're going to stay. We're going to get, we're going to smoke that whole blunt. Still be smart. I'm usually smart when I smoke weed. I just have to smoke it like halfway through the episode. I don't know if you guys notice. If we smoke weed, we only smoke it halfway through the episode because if we start too early, we'll it took get... us like five years to figure this out. I thought I think four we... and a half years. <laughs> if we start before, then the whole episode would be fucked. <laughs> but if we start the episode and then we get into a good conversation and then we hit it, then we get smarter. It elevates. But we got to get into the conversation first. Yeah, we, we can't, can't. We can't depend we can't on start here. No, unless it's four twenty. This is our tactic. <laughs> How are you today, my love? I'm doing fine. I'm doing really good. I am. Um, I decided that I was going to invite everybody I ever knew in my contact list to my housewarming party. Perfect. <laughs> and now I just realized it's tomorrow, and I ain't got shit. Oh fuck! I got to go on Amazon and buy your got out your list. You know what? I was thinking about this. I need to start. We we need to start creating Amazon gift lists and just post them on social media, and then we can live the life we want. I'm about to post my registry on, on, on I'm about to post it. Yeah, I'm posting everything on social. Bitch, buy my whole house. Well, the thing is, like, Amazon has everything. Because I really do want new things. And I feel like, you know, I love you guys. I feel like we enrich your lives every week. You know, we give you a lot. The least you could do is buy me a fucking candle. Something. I'm, if you buy me a housewarming gift, I'm going to prop my phone up at the housewarming and put it on live. So you can tune in. You could be there, basically. But just know it's going to be the diptyque <laughs> candle. So that bitch cost about 120, but it's going to be worth it. And I'm going to thank you so much. I'll even thank you live on the show. I'll say your name and I'll say thank you. Thank you so much, Richard, for buying me the diptyque candle. I know what I was thinking about. I was like, why didn't we do that with the office? Why didn't we have a house a office warming and like let everyone because we were buy these hundreds we were of press. Plants. We didn't have time to wait. Waste. We, we had a lot. We had to capitalize on that Black Friday sale. We literally designed our whole office on a black friday sale we bought as much as we could in like a two-day period cyber monday black friday i'm about to put um interior designer on my resume for sure me too because i'd be designing shit (laughs) i'm a clothing designer and an interior designer actually and i designed my life (laughs) yep master manifester designer of all things and it's done and a designer of perfectly rolled vanilla backwards and now for the final touch just a little, just a little, oh, oh, yeah. Just one little drop of honey. That's what the girls are like. Someone, I think in our last clip that was on Instagram, I was talking about how, how niggas always suck on the blunt. I know, and then I was like, it's so homoerotic. <laughs> I was like, we probably could have left that I out. Know, I know. <laughs> this is how you know we don't really we don't really funnel through and edit, because I'd be like, huh, that could have maybe I shouldn't have had to say that. <laughs> Somewhere a nigga's over there smacking down his blunt thinking about me calling him homoerotic. <laughs> mad as hell. <laughs> it is, though. <laughs> it is. Y'all be don't happy. teach me no new words, because I wouldn't be using them. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's homoerotic. But people often ask us why we put the honey on the blunt. Well, we put the honey on the blunt because a it makes it a little bitch. Are you are you that nigga that sucks on the blunt? Like, are you the person I'm talking about? What's happening over there? Now it tastes good. What the fuck? (laughs) So the blunt with the honey makes it bitch. Why does the sound? Does it? What? I don't know. I like it. The blunt with honey. Makes it taste sweet. And then also it helps it burn slower 
But if you're Jamila and you sucked every ounce of the honey off the blunt, no, I, I don't didn't. know I if it's it. going to make it burn slower. I it. It's fine. Okay. So I'm going to put this aside so we start talking. Okay. okay. But it's only 7%. Okay, fine. Oh, fine, you're fine, right. Okay, just give it a second. Just give it a second. Just give it a second. Okay. 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 Doing it now? Just light it. Okay. Where's the lighter? Oh, the candle. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's get a little bit high, high, high. Just a little bit high, high, high. A tiny bit high. Every day. Just a tiny bit high, high, high. Oh, my God. <laughs> Orlando, make sure you drop the beat there. Um, anyway, y'all, uh, I know you don't believe us, but we actually have a guest here who's been sitting in silence next to us, trying not to laugh. Um, we are really excited. Because this guest came to us via our tribe. We posted something on Instagram. We were looking for people in the birthing space, the fertility space. And we were led to Dr. Raquel, the fertility, a.k.a. at the fertility advantage. And she is a fertility expert. So welcome to the show, Dr. Raquel. And I know you said I don't have to call you doctor, but I feel like, bitch, you worked really hard for you, that title. You paid for that. You invested in that title. Before, listen, before the episode started, she was like, you don't have to say that. I was like, my daughter will call me a doctor if I am a doctor. Dr. Mom, Dr. E, whatever. Like, even my, my nigga while we're fucking. Doctor, oh, call yes. me, oh my God, that'd be so fun. Like, call me Dr. Matt. Call me Dr. Matt. Oh, <laughs> call me Dr. Dick. Oh, he doesn't want to do that. That'd be awkward. Dr. Dick? Because my last name's Dickerson. Uh, um, Dr. Dickerson? That's not gonna work. Kinda, well, you can put the sun on it. You can't just say Dr. Dick. I mean, just it's kind of long. It doesn't roll off the tongue. Dr. Matt. Dr. Do I need to role Dr. play Dr. as a doctor? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I don't have the debt, but just keep calling me doctor. <laughs> I'm gonna fix that. Dick. I've been holding in labs. I've been holding in labs for 15 minutes. Sorry, just took away from your intro because we're ridiculously <laughs> immature. Hi, Dr. No. Raquel. Thank you for joining us Hi. today. Thank you for having me. I, f- I know everybody says this, but I really am a big fan of what you do. And all of my friends are huge fans of what you do. And you I don't know if you really realize how much you allow people to just feel free. Aww. You know, like, I don't have to just be a mom. Like, I can be anything I want to be. I can be sexual. You know, I can explore. I can learn. But I'm so glad that you all are having me today. Oh, so my God. Thank you. you. I appreciate that. I really receive that. Sometimes we'd be talking to the people, but we can't really see anyone. So it's just like, does anybody care? <laughs> yeah. This morning we had an um, interview with Essence asking us about Kiki Palmer's boyfriend. <laughs> I'm like, they're like, this is what they Loser. called us for? I'm like, I, I can't believe Essence is calling me for this, but hello. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, and she was like did you guys go to school for this I know. and i was like for w- women being free i know we were just talking she's like i just have a question did you guys go to higher learning for this and me and Mila were texting on the side like i was like i have a master's degree i was like bitch we should have start telling people we did it was like right. women's studies we started gender and sexuality studies women's freedom studies li- li- liberal women's liberal i freedom. am a doctor i'm a doctor of freedom Doctor exactly. Freedom. <laughs> I'm leading. It's like it's like the, it's like what's her? No, who? I'm Harriet Tubman. What? <laughs> what? Wait, wait. wait where? The, where is this going? I'm leading the women to freedom. Oh, got but not it. on the underground not railroad. On the mainstream railroad. Okay. On, on the, the on the on the mainstream. The mainstream. <laughs> the mainstream. The mainstream. <laughs> and it's so true too because I remember I don't know where I saw that but I remember somebody saying like I can name so many strong black women but i can't name a lot of black women that are free Mm. so i think that's what makes you all unique is that how i mean how many strong black women do you know millions all of them you know what i mean so it's like but people like seeing you all get to be yourselves and don't like you don't feel tied down to anything like 
That's very unique. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Wow. It's crazy that that's unique. Right? You know, but when you think about it, it, it we have to kind of, um, we kind of have to learn to be comfortable in our freedom because we've yep. been taught so often to conform and to be quiet and to take up less space and yeah. to like just be quiet, you know? Yeah. So it is like a, a tool, a muscle that has to be exercised to be like, am I, am I tripping? Maybe, right. but fuck it. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. But, but, yeah. Might regret this later, but <laughs> YOLO. <laughs> exactly. Um, there's nothing better I'd rather be known for. Same. Amen. Um, well, so we have never had anyone on the show talk about fertility and infertility. And I think that this is, I don't want to say a taboo topic, but it is a topic that I think a lot of women feel ashamed about or they don't really know where to go to get resources or they think the resources are beyond them or ex- too expensive to explore. Yeah. Um, scared. Because yeah. a bitch, that's me. I'm like, I've been wanting to go get my eggs tested for a while because yes. I have been very dangerous and the bitch don't get pregnant. So I was like, is there something wrong with me? Because I used to think that even before I had my daughter and I was in my 20s and yeah. I was just letting my baby daddy shoot up the club like every club single up. day <laughs> and nothing was happening. So I was like, am I broke? Not and not to say that if, if you can't have children, you're not broken. But that's that was really how I felt. Yeah. Um, and then I got pregnant. You know what I think? I just thought about it because for a long, for like over a year and a half, I was like, I was like, my baby daddy shoot up the club, and I was like, maybe I can get pregnant. But I think spiritually, I mean, this is not fucked up. Bitch, don't get pieces <laughs> fucked up out here with this with this <laughs> ideology. <laughs> you was protected by God, bitch. You ain't gonna get pregnant by that fuck nigga. But then God was like, bitch, this is the eight hundred and ninety eighth time you did not got the message. Pregnant. <laughs> You know, I'm trying to warn you. For real, I feel like no. I do feel like not not necessarily like I've been pregnant by some niggas. I need to get pregnant by, but like that you have to like your your body has to want to receive the sperm, and I do believe in that solid year and a half. My God was like, are you sure, bitch? Mine was about four years because it was like in our prime. Tw- damn, in our yeah. prime twenties. You know, the eggs would be one to get out. Yeah. Legit fertilized. Yeah, I was four years like like legit really, and then I got scared. So then I was actually kind of trying to get pregnant, mm. but like not like saying that out loud, but just to like check. <laughs> you got some furs on you. Uh, furry earrings. Um, and then it's true. Actually, I got I ended up getting pregnant on vacation, and I was very relaxed, and I was very yeah. happy, and I was very free. And if you read our book, A Good Mom's Guide to Making Bad Choices, which you can find on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or at your local black bookstore or click the link in this episode description, you can hear about this story and how anal sex got me pregnant. But <laughs> I need to hear this story. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I really I really thought I couldn't get pregnant and then I did. And I was like, OK, cool. But even after since then, I've had partners or I've, you know, not always maybe been the safest. And um I've never, I've never gotten pregnant. So maybe it is God protecting me again, or maybe it is my low egg count. Who knows? But I actually went to a doctor and got a prescription or whatever, a form to go get tested for get my eggs tested. And okay. then I never went because I got scared. I just never went. Well, I guess it's like, then if you get this information, then what? Right. But now, you know, I feel like it's like so appropriate that you're here now because like 
if you're just starting to listen to the show, like we started, I was 29, like 29 and 30 when we started the show. And so like fertility was not even a fucking question. No. In fact, I kept getting fucking pregnant like a dumb bitch. <laughs> and then I, I, so, but as we age and like even some of my friends are, you know, wanting to have kids or they've gone to get their eggs checked. I'm like, huh. And now, and now that we're considered um, geriatric pregnancy yes. age, these are, these are conversations that really should be common. Fuck you. And... <laughs> I'm also geriatric. I hate that word. Me too. I hate it. Don't okay. say that we're, on we're, here. We're denouncing we don't, that's, that doesn't exist. Let's call I it like it. geriatric. I sound like I'm my it. eggs on a fucking walker. It's intentional pregnancy. I feel like if you get pregnant after 35, it's intentional pregnancy. Yeah. Listen, listen. My aunt was like, if you choose your baby daddy wrong at this age, <laughs> you just don't give a fuck. Your, like, aunt, is on, like, your aunt is on oh, to something. I am 35. Not if yeah. you, you, right, right. She was like, you, I mean, come on. Because now you got all the tools to right. know that you know he was, you know he was a baby daddy material. Right, right. Listen, sometimes you, it's sometimes still, yeah. you just got to fuck around and get a baby and to learn your lesson. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> no, it's true. Even at 35, even at 40, you know, you just don't know until you do it. It's then you're true. like, damn. And I, and I think like you were saying about the test, I remember so many like people calling in just saying like, oh, I just watched the show Harlem. And I don't know if y'all watch Harlem, but um, that was like Megan. A, that's making good. Show? Yeah. Yeah. But it was like a group of women and like two of them went and got tested. And that like sparked a huge mm. thing amongst black women to start talking about it. Like, I love that. Oh, there's a test that I can do to see what my ovarian reserve is. And your ovarian reserve is just how many eggs you have left. So that was probably the test your doctor was having you do. And if you get that information and it's bad, then you have a decision to make. Like, I have a low ovarian reserve. This means that I have a very low chance of getting pregnant, you know, if I don't make a plan in the next few years or I need to freeze my eggs immediately. So Mm -hmm. sometimes people don't even want to get the test because they're like, I don't want to know if it happens, it happens. And if it doesn't, oh, well. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. so how did you get into this work? Like, as obviously you're a doctor, did you always know you wanted to be in in women's health in that way as you journeyed into doctorhood? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. So I actually went to school to be a naturopathic doctor. Um, and then once I was in school. What's a naturopathic doctor? So a naturopathic doctor, they're classified as like primary care doctors. Um, but we believe that, like, we believe in the body's ability to heal itself. So, mm. like, prevention is cure. Oh, I love that. Um, and, it, you know, I feel like more more doctors and more spaces are adopting this, like, functional medicine or root cause medicine. It's just naturopathic medicine with mm. a bow on it. Um, but we, we really believe that our bodies are capable of doing anything. And that's how I entered into the space of fertility. So um, when I first got started, I had a friend, Melanie whose mom was OBGYN in Atlanta. And I was like, I don't know what I want to do. I know I want to do women's health. And so I went to their practice in Midtown Atlanta. And I kept seeing all of these women because they were all able to get pregnant. But then I was seeing the women that couldn't get pregnant. And I was like, well, what happens to them? You know, and they were like, oh, I don't know. Oh. You know, we have to just refer them out. Like, it's literally nothing. <laughs> throw them away. Do. And it was, so, it was so quiet in the room. It was like. Like no one had ever asked this question. Yeah, it was just like. They were like, oh, sorry, it's been a year, you know, or it's been six months. So we got to refer you out. But you could literally feel the silence. And Mm. so I was just like, "Okay, where do those women go? And that's what I want to figure out. Mm. And so I was in school in San Diego, finishing up med school. And there was a doctor um, who worked at San Diego Fertility Center. And she wanted to work specifically. I'm good. Um, She wanted to work. I'll be all tongue tied. (laughs) Um, She wanted to work specifically with naturopathic medical students because she was trying to see how the environment affected our fertility. And so she was doing all this research, just like the actual like 
just yes. environment earth yes yeah, so like <laughs> or plastics, like pollution. oh wow yeah, like okay. plastics pollution um mercury arsenic so she was actually testing these things in very young women who couldn't get pregnant mm. um and so she was just looking for people to help her with the research and that's literally how i got in wait i'm so curious about this research though like yes. what was what were are, the, are we, what are were the are results to, are we on our way to handsmaid's tale <laughs> That's the first thing it's I saw. It's so true. Like, it's it's real. So it showed that, especially people that traveled to like China, like a lot of her patients were um, people that like traveled often, or even people in California that you know maybe ate a lot of sushi, ate a lot of fish. Um, but she, it just didn't make sense to her that people in their twenties were not able to get pregnant. And she's like, this is. This is like the ideal time. So something's going on. So she would literally do blood tests and urine tests to look for like arsenic, cadmium, tin, mercury. And every single time it just lit up. I'm scared. I eat yeah, a lot of fish. So- <laughs> I'm stopping. No more fish. We're done. Yeah. So it literally it literally showed how those things impacted, you know, your fertility. And so she was doing that. And then I worked with her for a few years. And then lo and behold, I met a doctor in Beverly Hills. He was doing the same thing. And that's how I got my first job. And mm, wow, I'm doing it for a while now. That's amazing. Yeah, you, you saw an issue and a problem. And you said, Hey, how can I resolve that? Yeah, especially for like, it's so like to brown and black women specifically to see someone that looks like you and be able to feel comfortable in that space. Because yeah. it is I, I think and people people don't even know it's an option because freezing your eggs is a luxury. And so it's like if that's not even an option in your mind, you don't even think about, you know, yeah, all those things. So it's, you don't. your work is so important. Thank you. Thank you. You really don't think about it. And I think it was so important for me to follow the path that I did because I think that sometimes the wires can get crossed, you know, like when people try to step on other people's toes, like if you break your arm, you cannot go see a naturopathic doctor. You got to go see a surgeon. You know what I mean? I think that sometimes that's where it gets messed up. But like a lot of the doctors that I've been lucky enough to work with, they understand that prevention is also a part of the treatment, you know? And so we would work with people that were very young, had a very low ovarian reserve. We would test like their heavy metals their you know, if they were depleted in micronutrients, we would restore that. And then it would allow them to have like a better outcome for egg freezing and stuff like that. But what I noticed, and I was working in Beverly Hills, so I get it. But I started noticing that white women were bringing their 18 year old daughters in to have their ovarian reserve tested. So they're like, oh, my daughter wants to go to law school or med school. or So we want to see how long we have. What? Right. The parents? Wow. The parents. They were like, I want to see, you know, what her ovarian reserve is like. Why is that so, any of your motherfucking business? Right, right. First of all. But they were helping <laughs> I mean, them. It's, maybe it's kind or maybe it runs in their family. Like sometimes you know if like yeah. early menopause I mean, I, is something okay. that's like a, g- generic. <laughs> I mean, g- genetic. Sure. I get it. Yeah. I, I guess know. I guess maybe I'd, I would hope it would be more the daughter. The, maybe not. I don't know. It sounds like they were forced. Maybe they're. <laughs> Come, you're going to get those Let's eggs. Go to, right. It did sound like Handmaid's Tale. I was like, oh, my God, it's, it's creepy. But I could see in actually empowering your child to kind of just have autonomy, yeah. not kind of having autonomy over your body Jeez. and having as much information as possible. Exactly. And they were so young. And so as women, we are born with all the eggs we'll ever have. So bringing them in at 18 is allowing them to see like, oh, this is what my fertility health is like in the present. I may I may need to go ahead and freeze my eggs now 
So then in the future, when I'm done with med school, law school, I'm 35, 40, I have eggs from when I'm 18. But that is oh. enough. right. So that's privilege, though. But you have your be- like those are your highest eggs. Yes. Like, even right now, if we froze our. So I'm, I just recently had a, a, a Luna's aunt went through this process and explained it to me. And I was yes. like, whoa. And I told her you were coming on the show. But I had no idea the level like you have to get the, the primest eggs. So essentially, mm-hmm. if we froze our 18 year old eggs, A, there's a lot of them and B, they're the best. Yep. So and to verse versus us freezing them right now. It's like they're all not going to make it. And now it's like, oh, it's going to be your 35-year-old eggs and not your potent 18-year-old ones. Are people just, like, are people just genetically, I I guess, predisposed to having, like, some people just have more eggs from the beginning or, like, there's not a certain amount of eggs a human has, right? Right. So you could could just genuinely be born with a a low egg count or is it ever low and it or just suddenly decreases i'm I'm sure there's other factors involved like health and all those things exactly yeah so it just decreases over time so we all start with a pretty good amount of eggs and then over time we just lose more and more like by the time we have our first period we're already down a ton of eggs and so we lose them over time but like you're saying but you're 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 losing eggs even before your first period no which is trash how? So like I was losing eggs, at, <laughs> I was losing eggs at ten. It's like literally, in it, it like I can't remember the exact number, but like literally, as we're aging, we're already losing eggs. Like we're born with all the eggs we ever have, quite literally born with. Mm-hmm. But then by the time we have our first period, we're already down a ton. But that's why we're always so skeptical. Like, oh, how are these teenagers getting pregnant so early? Because they're supposed to. Yeah, like, that's that's the, the, <laughs> genetically, that's how they're just like, that's right, how they're pretty, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe not so, supposed yeah. to, but can. Right. Right. Because <laughs> we all know that's, you know, yeah. 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 I don't want to, but like, not I'm, supposed I'm, to. But I don't want don't no know, teenager yeah. having no babies because, bitch, <laughs> I had a baby. Mechanicals haven't caught up at the time. And I was dumb. Right. The mechanicals have not figured it out. Right. Like, You're this, fertile as fuck right now. Like, this is why it's happening. But, but yeah, I think like just seeing those girls, it really helped me to see, like, I have to create a space for black women to know, like, girl, you need to at least just see where you are, mm-hmm. you know, because sometimes we don't feel like that's a, a possibility for us to even just know where we are or we just don't want to know or we assume like, oh, I'll be fine. Like my mom was fine, so I'll be fine. Um, and that's not always the case. Erica, do you want to go get your eggs checked with together? <laughs> <laughs> Will you hold my hand when we get the results? <laughs> yes. That's love. Will you loan me some eggs <laughs> if I need them? Sure. <laughs> I don't think you're lacking in the egg department, my love. I think you are. You are a Jamaican egg holder. <laughs> I, I was thinking that. Is that maybe I have too many. I don't know what's going on. Maybe you're, you're, you have your teenage eggs still. But that's another thing that I learned is that because um, my one of my friends got her eggs checked, and then she she was saying like hers are good but not great, or like however the amount is, oh, the she, quality of them, and and the doctor was telling her they could be great today. Six months from now, those motherfuckers could be like. <gasps> What? Yeah, so, there's, there's no way. That's to, a little fear mongering. I know, no. and that's why it's like maybe I understand not knowing. like not knowing. Just like, like, but also we have the, and this is not the piece, but kind of the pieces that we already have experienced that we have one child. Yeah. So that's for true. someone who has had not had any children, it's and a different like, perspective, you know, it's a different like, want and need, and to know, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. you know, it is empowering, and it is like, and, and we are like. Like about the eighteen year olds going, but I'm like, if we were born into money and they're born to money and right. they're born to money, they would be like, of course we're going to the dentist today. 
You know, like, you don't you. have to, but you can. You know, like it's just. You know what, I mean? like, <laughs> what is that? I don't know. You can't. <laughs> Do you want your eggs reserved? Your eighteen-year-old eggs? Come on, come on, lad. Right, right. Let's just fifteen k. You know, let's just do it. Oh yeah, because it's super expensive, and it's, yeah. and that's another thing. It's also very like kind of trying on the body, right? You have to administer yourself shots. Yes. You have to see the doctor every day or every other day. Yep. Like you have to go to the doctor's office every yep. other day. Yeah, you're, yep. and so you have to commit, and then there's like, all these other things, right? Yeah. Like, and it can take like six weeks. It can take two months because they're testing your eggs constantly. Hopefully, if you have a good doctor. Wait, to get tested, you have to do all this? Or to actually... Freeze. Freeze. Oh, okay. To, to, well, to freeze, you have to start looking at the eggs and getting the healthiest mm-hmm. eggs. So they have to monitor you. So in order to do that, you have to do it over a significant amount of time. Yep. And then you have to do all these things, these hormone shots to up the eggs to make them the primest eggs. And so that may take one month. That may take two months. Look at me. You think I'm the fertility. I know. I'm like, are you the I fertility advantage? So much pressure. <laughs> oh. Ooh, okay. I had one. I had. So I, I just had this conversation. I was yeah. like, who fucking knew? I had no yeah. idea. Everyone's talking about like, I freeze my eggs. I'm like, what does that even entail? Right. Is she going to figure it So wait, let's talk about the pricing because I've always, I'm always at like, is it, I mean, obviously this is a, a privilege if you can do something like this in oh, ways, sure. right? Can you, is there any way to put this on insurance? Is there any way to, like, are there things you can get around this? Yeah. Because, like, what are the options for people that don't have just $15,000 of disposable income to, to do something like that? Yeah, that's real. Get a sugar daddy. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine? Step one, get a sugar daddy. Step one, um, get a sugar daddy. <laughs> step two. <laughs> but no, but no, um, it is super expensive. It's $15,000. It's like the average price in the U.S. Um, most insurances don't cover it, which is so trash. But most insurances make you um, qualify as infertile before paying for any type of fertility care. Um, so what a lot of people do is they find jobs that cover this care. So the health tech company I work at, we work with employers to make sure employees have a fertility benefit. Mm. So what a lot of young women have been doing is getting like part-time jobs at big tech companies or Starbucks. Mm. Um, There are different like small companies where you can work for them even part-time and they have that fertility benefit. At Starbucks, you can do that? So you got to work part-time at a, a company that believes in your fertility to be able to avoid the fifteen dollars to $25,000 expense. Wild. So, like, when you do get tested for infertility, what is that process? Like, what do you yeah. have to do? Yeah, so um, it's called ovarian reserve testing, mm-hmm. um, and it's a blood test, simple blood test that they do, you know, when you go to the doctor, um, and they'll look at, like, three different things. So typically they'll look at, like, your follicle-stimulating hormone, um, your anti-malarian hormone, and your estrogen, and all of these hormones together tell the doctor, like, how many eggs you have left. Um, so that's what they do to kind of assess, like, where you are in time. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to, like, go at a certain time of the month? Yes, yes. So you do have to go on day three of your period. Okay. Um, so typically what they'll say is... That's right, that's right. what you said to me. Yeah, that. yeah. They'll say, call me as soon as your period starts. Mm. And then when your period starts, they'll have you come in around day three, and they'll do the testing. But everybody doesn't have a normal period. So it creates, like, all type of, like, trouble for people that have PCOS or, you know, other endocrine conditions, people that, you know, don't have periods at all. It makes it really hard. Or... A lot of women have been on birth control for 20 years. And they're like, oh, I still get my period because, you know, that month I 
take the white pills or the last week I take the white pills, that's my period. And I'm like, no, it's not a real period. Like mm. it's a withdrawal bleed. So a lot of people aren't getting periods, so they don't really know when to go. But typically it should be on day three. Mm. Does having an IUD or some kind of implanted or even being on regular birth control, does yeah. that affect the testing? Yes. So that does affect the testing. And what most doctors will do, IUDs, they leave them in now. They used to take them out first um, just so they can get like an accurate number. Um, But what they'll do now, if it's an IUD, they'll let you leave it in and still run the test. But if you're taking birth control, they'll typically ask you to stop for a month Mm. and then come back. Okay. Yeah. What about a non-hormonal birth control? Yeah, that's I, IUD. fine. It's, uh, does that affect like copper? All, yeah, the copper. Does it also affect the count? No. So copper IUDs are the best option because they don't have any hormones. Um, so your body can actually give a real result. Mm. Yeah. One time. One, <laughs> one time at band I camp. Story. <laughs> one time one of the other soccer moms told me that if my periods were short. Oh, my God. You're never going to let this bitch live this down. Jamila's <laughs> pissed about this. She's been thinking about this for two years. But when she told me, I was I was like, bitch, what? I told you, yeah. right? And I was like, you think that's true? And just, Wait, Then what? you made me mad. She told me that if you have, because I, I generally don't have a very long period, like uh-huh. maybe five days. Yeah. Um, now that I'm on this copper IUD, I feel like the periods are kind of a little bit like. I think five days is pretty average, yeah. right? But anyway, she told me. <laughs> The shorter your periods are, it means you have less eggs. That is not true. <sighs> My southern you. accent came out. That is not true. true. She, was to, she was trying to scare you. She was. People just be saying shit. Her- <laughs> well, yeah. Maybe she was projecting. Um, what? How do you feel about birth control? Because I know, like, there's a, currently most there's a, a lot of talk about um, how birth control, you know, kind of um, alters your decision making because your hormones are being regulated and like who you choose as a partner and things like that. And just yeah. being on it long term, you know, hasn't really been. No one really talks about the long term effects of being on birth control. Yeah. And like, um, what? And then recently, our producer man. <laughs> Our producer told me that it was terrible, and so I just got off birth control. <laughs> Bad idea. <laughs> but but <laughs> not her told you. You could you do you know birth control. She got me all riled up. I'm like, fuck birth control. You're right. It's it's, po- it's poisoning me. It's poisoning me. Um, but like, what as a fertility doctor, what do you recommend as a like? What is your go? Like, what do you use as contraceptive? Yeah, yeah. So I got off birth control a couple of years ago because I do want to be pregnant soon. Um, and the biggest thing with birth control is that it really can alter your hormones. It can alter like a lot of your micronutrients in your body. And it does affect like your mood, your behavior, everything. Um, but I think that in today's society with so much like attention around abortion, you know, some people can actually get a felony. You can go to jail. I think that if you're in a state where people are really monitoring you and if you get pregnant like the worst will happen you absolutely need to be on birth control like no questions right. asked um but however if you know like i do want to get pregnant in the next five years you know even if you don't necessarily have a partner i do think it's important to just give your body a break especially if you've been on it for like 10 plus years you want to give your body a break to see like are my cycles even regular or has this birth control been masking um, my period so okay. i think it's important to give your body a break so you can get like the right testing done so you can really see where you are because if you're in a good place then you can say okay i'm in a good place i'm not really ready to get pregnant right right now I'll start again um, but I think it's important to like have a plan that's what I'm all about it's like fertility planning or family planning um, because I think it just kind of saves you a lot of stress down the line yeah 
I was reading this statistic, and it was that uh, it was like 48 million couples are struggling with infertility around the world. I was like, yes. 48 million? Oh, yeah. Yes. So, that, so that brings me back. <clears throat> That's what I had a question about. Thank you. Uh-huh. <laughs> the doctor in San Diego who did the studies about the yeah. environment, what were the findings? Like, is there somewhere we should live that maybe we'd have better chances? Is it in the water? Think, <laughs> well, <laughs> right. it, well, there's been studies about, like, fish in the stream that are, be, that are like, the streams that are being let out. Like, because there's so many pharmaceuticals in, the, in those, mm. like, the water, there's definitely there's studies of fish turning from like male to female. Mm, I remember, yeah, I remember hearing that. Oh. So if that's happening to small, you know, small animals, like it's definitely changing our, you know, us on a manic- yeah. yeah, yeah, so yeah. Yeah, and and her findings really did show that um, things from our environment really do impact our fertility, especially especially in couples that present it as like subfertile. So these are like people that are otherwise healthy, but she can't really figure out why they can't get pregnant or their markers are just a little bit below normal. Um, but it did show that. Especially- God said no. Right, God, God said no. you don't need God to create. No. I'm just kidding. That's um, up. But <laughs> God sorry. said absolutely not. No, but <laughs> it was it was true. It was true. She's I'm looking sorry. at you like what? <laughs> I'm mortified. Right I now. couldn't. Help. <laughs> I didn't mean it. <laughs> <laughs> like, leave me alone. Uh, but no, it, it showed that you know, especially like plastics, heavy metals, mm. you know, mercury, all of these things really were impacting like the outcome of their treatment cycles and what she would do which I thought was brilliant was that instead of saying like live in a box live in a cube which is unrealistic she would do like a detoxification protocol which was like a thousand dollars per person this is another privilege what's a detox vacation protocol <laughs> and should we, should we just be doing that once a year what? just for right. living in American right. soil in general how often do you do it a year for the detox and also is once all this pollution is it population control right Wait, what is detox? <laughs> what did you call it? It was a detoxification protocol that she would do. Wait, is it a vacation? No, a bitch, detox. A detox. A detox. That, that was some good ass whatever um, that is she not brought 8%. y'all. That's not 8%. That is a, that's THC, <laughs> Nelly. That's, the, that's some strong ass weed. <laughs> she can't even hear us. She's like, what is a vacation? She said, I thought she said a detox vacation <laughs> protocol. That's what she said. I didn't want to say nothing, but your eyes have been like getting lower. Lately. I know. She passed it to me. I was like, we might need to put that out. I, like, <laughs> I was like, that's seven percent is feeling a lot like fourteen. She lied. Oh my god, we might need to put the rest of this on Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah. Anyway, sorry, I'm awake. I just... <laughs> I'm here. I'm present. I'm, I'm, here, I'm present. I was just focusing on every syllable that you said. <laughs> it's just what? one It's one word. True. Detoxification. Shh, shh, She's like, damn, what kind of vacation? Shh, shh, shh. Is that? So, it's $1,000. Right. That's all she heard. But how long does that detoxification last? I mean, how... Like, is it once a year and then you're good? You like, Or you have to do it many times? Is it like a series of detoxification? Yeah, we were doing it... Um, over a six-month period mm. because it was for a research study. Mm. So uh, what we would do is modify, like, the diet, of course, so making sure that you're having more cruciferous vegetables, which are just, like, dark leafy vegetables that bind toxins and help you excrete them. We would do, like, supplements to help you also excrete. And then, like, sauna therapy, too. Um, super simple. So not anything that was, like, very expensive, but because she was the doctor, like, using her time, it was expensive. But what really stood out to me was how only the only people that could get it were people that could afford that. Of course. You know what I mean? Like, and 
there aren't only white women or, you know, other brown women that need this care. There are other women that also need to have this type of care, but who has an extra thousand dollars to say, yeah, just detox me from the air that I have to breathe. Just let me just see, Mm. you know, I don't know if it'll work, but let me just see. And that's why I really wanted to start the fertility advantage to just kind of start throwing shit out there. Cause I knew like, okay, I can't see everybody at this clinic. I know people don't want to pay this money, but how can I get this information out to my girls? So Mm. I was like, I'm just going to start making posts about it, you know, and I'll see if it helps. And you know, a lot of people start reaching out like, Oh shit, that's what was wrong with me, you know, Mm. or this small little thing like helped make a big difference. Mm. So, you know, to me, it's unrealistic to think that you can just block yourself from everything but you can like make small little changes in your day to day to help like optimize your chances and things like that. What is your, I guess, maybe experience or knowledge on IVF? Because usually that's kind of like the next step after yeah. you've decided that, you know, conceiving, you know, I don't I guess naturally yeah. is not in the cards for you. And mm-hmm. so you're now going into IVF. And I have I had a friend, a distant friend that did it. So I don't really know like all the details. And I think there's a lot of it's almost like mystery around what it is and the process and the like how you feel throughout the process. Um, So, yeah, what is what is your knowledge on that? Yeah, absolutely. So that was a big part of what I did in my previous job or supported my supervisor in that role. And that's what I do a lot now. Um, But the biggest thing with IVF is that, number one, your insurance can cover it. So if you have been trying um, to have if you have been trying to um, get pregnant for a year and you've had no success, this is like unprotected sex for a full year um, that will that would like classify you as infertile. What? Yeah. So basically I was infertile. I'm infertile. Right, and that's under 35. If you're over 35, it's six months of unprotected sex. Am I unfer- I'm infertile. Wait, if you're over 35? Is six months of unprotected sex and not a successful pregnancy, that would be. Why does the window get shorter when you get older? Yeah, it's because, like, again, as women, we're born with all the eggs we'll ever have. And so at 35, that's when researchers see that they start to see that decline. Um, so that's why they give you that six month window to say, like, oh, so you have much. So you have hey, so girl, you, you need to go yeah. get tested. Well, yeah, basically. But that only gives you 12 times to, to like, prove because right, because it's only like two days that out you're of the month not that you can infertile. actually get pregnant. Right, like yeah, like typically like a five day like fertile window. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, but typically the good thing is that oftentimes IVF can be covered. Um, and what a lot of people don't know is that yes, there are like one in eight couples that suffer with infertility, but ninety percent of the cases can be solved through science. So things yeah. like. IVF and so with IVF um, and that's just in vitro fertilization what they do just like what your friend did is that they do put you on medication to really force your body to create far more eggs than you would in a cycle and then they retrieve those eggs they can fertilize it with your partner's sperm or a donor mm-hmm. so you don't have to have no man um, <laughs> they can fertilize each egg with um, sperm and then it'll create embryos over the course of like five days and then you would actually freeze the rest of the embryos and then transfer one to your uterus mm. um, and then that's the entire process mm. um, it's about 25k I was gonna say how much is this but, yeah. but the transfer like has to be a certain like a certain day you have to do all like, the do all the shots yes. and then on a certain special day then you go and then they put you to sleep right exactly yeah yeah so the cool thing about IVF is that if you froze your eggs in the past you don't have to go through the process again you would just use the eggs you already froze so you don't have to you don't have to go through the process of first retrieving them and then implanting them you can just go ahead and and just for the implantation do you have to like give or administer yourself shots to increase your chances yeah yeah so um with the shots which is so important that's something that a lot of people don't really 
like is that when you do the process of maturing your eggs for retrieval, you do have to give yourself between like one to four shots per day. <gasps> oh um, yeah, it's a lot. And they have to yeah. be refrigerated. So yeah. if you're at work or something, they have to be in the refrigerator yeah. and they have to be the same time every day. Yep. So if you're driving no matter what, and it has, and it at has, work. and it's for, where can, do you put it in your butt? Your stomach, I think? Yeah, stomach, it can be like stomach, thigh, or butt. Ouch. Yeah, and that's, for, it's typically for like two weeks. Um, some of the drugs are oral, most of them are injectable. Um, but yeah, you do that for two weeks, and then after that, that's when you get ready for the surgery. So in your egg retrieval surgery, you are put to sleep by an anesthesiologist, and while you're asleep, the doctor actually uses needle aspiration to lightly suction each one of your ovaries and then remove all of those eggs. Um, you are completely asleep, but it is as painful as it sounds. Slightly so They go into your vagina and then they pierce through the wall on oh. each side. Oh. oh. With a needle? With a needle. Okay. So Whoa. it's okay. And so then, I'm sorry, then what happens to your, so, yeah, your ovaries? So they, they, re, they retrieve the eggs. Mm-hmm. So they go through the vaginal wall. Let's say they're on the left side. They're, they're, they're pierced through the left um, vaginal wall. Then they'll pierce through your ovary. Mm-hmm. And then what's really cool is your ovaries have these little follicles in them. Mm-hmm. And the follicles are just like little tiny fluid filled sacs that contain your eggs. And then the needles just go in and suction each egg. Mm-hmm. So they get all of them from one side, go back in, pierce through the other side. How can they see? Do the same so, thing again. So, so not so so as uh, yeah, it's all under ultrasound guidance, yeah, right? Mm. So they know where they are when they're and then so once it. those eggs are gone, they then in, they then um, insert the fertilized eggs, right? Is that how it works? Right. Or? So they'll retrieve all the eggs, and then there's an embryologist in the room at the same time. So there'll be like a doctor, like sitting right here, or surgeon. Then the embryologist will be right behind them because they have to pass those eggs to them. Mm. And then what they'll do is they'll take them to a lab fertilize it with sperm immediately and then over the course of five days little embryos or little babies start to develop and that's what you freeze and that's what you freeze oh wow. yeah and most people transfer one of them fresh so it typically takes five days okay. for them to develop and then most people will transfer one fresh or some people will freeze them and then send it off for like further genetic testing so you can like test it to see if it has genetic mutations or chromosomal abnormalities you can see if it's a girl or a boy all types of things. And then you, so you, when you are, so in, I didn't realize this. So when you have in vitro, you're actually implanting, I guess, an already. Yeah. Started up. Started up. Yeah. I mean, I, like I don't know why. I mean, five days. Yeah. I didn't know, like, I don't know why. Because I mean, it's bigger, I, so it's easier to implant. Yes. And to retreat, like, because it's a little bit easier to, bigger to work with. Exactly. I have a question. When you pierce through the vaginal wall to retrieve the eggs and then have to re-go back to fertilize it what is that is that not i mean i can't imagine that's not great for the uter wall yeah yeah so the vaginal wall most people will say they feel like um like vaginal pain cramping and bleeding but the doctor doesn't have to go beyond your cervix so they're not in your uterus they're kind of still in your vaginal canal mm. um so luckily they don't go through your cervix into your uterus. Okay, because like the the ovaries are on these sides, right? So it's kind of like going off to the diagonal, not going up. Yeah, exactly it. right. Going so you're just like, oh, I'm just gonna make a cut of left right here. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> right. You exactly. Know, right. Instead of going yeah. this way, and that's why it's piercing because mm-hmm. there's tissue. Okay. Yeah, because if it, if they had to go through the cervix, it would be a much longer recovery. How, what are the chances of you not being able to retrieve the eggs, like going under this this yeah. procedure and then it not being able to that's real yeah like is that a possibility absolutely and what's the like statistic on that is it high yeah so it's typically higher for women that are closer to 40 Mm. 
Um, but the good thing is that that's why that testing is so important because sometimes when you do the testing, the doctor can say, okay, I'm going to be honest. We don't see a lot of eggs on ultrasound. That's the only way they can see them at first is through a transvaginal ultrasound. So they'll say we only can see about four eggs. So it's highly likely that when we go in for the surgery, we only retrieve immature eggs and you have to start from the beginning. Mm. That does happen quite often, honestly. Mm. So that's another 25K. You got to start from the beginning. Oh, because that's, you don't, you don't get to try twice. <laughs> but yeah. that, that's why my friend was telling me it's also really important that you go to a good doctor because, yeah. you know, a good doctor is going to make sure that like, they're doing everything in their power in yeah. the, in the, in, like right b- before the surgery, like asking you to come in every other day to yeah. test your eggs and see the consistency. Cause she said she knows people who will take that money and, and not have made it the best chances and the best eggs possible because maybe they don't want to meet you every other day or whatever it is they're Isn't like that part of the process like you have to do that well that's the why th- that's why these conversations are important because you may not know you're right. just yeah. giving over this money expecting yeah duh you would yeah. do that if you know you can but some people you know if you don't know the questions to ask yeah. you don't fucking know yeah and so you should you know that's why it's good to vet your doctors and it's good for us to have these conversations and not feel shame around them because this is the only way we'll find out i literally only yeah. know this because she told me I only know me. this because of this conversation. That's, yeah. why yeah. that's why I'm going through a range of emotions because yeah. I'm like, what? Huh? Huh? What? And it's, <laughs> it gives you like, I, I feel like so many people don't know that like science really does help solve 90 percent of cases of infertility. And so many people don't know that. And I think especially black women like we were talking about before the show, like there's so much shame around like, oh, I can't do it myself. That means something is wrong with me. And it doesn't mean that anything is wrong with you. It just means that you might need a little bit of help. Your story might just look a little bit different, but it's still normal. I think sometimes it's like, oh, I can't have a baby the normal way. Mm-hmm. And there is no normal way to have a baby Mm. like whatever way you have to take is your way and Mm -hmm. sometimes IVF is that way or IUI or surrogacy or adoption I think sometimes people don't want to like expand their definitions of motherhood and so they just feel very limited Mm -hmm. you know um but yeah what do you think about like using like homeopathic medicines to for infertility is that i mean i i I hear you say that the science is 90 percent effective there's people out there that are like i'm not i don't want to get my eggs injected i don't want to do this i don't want to do that is that also in your opinion obviously i think yes with science you it's there's one thing between putting a whole needle up inside your ovaries sucking some shit out versus eating well and taking certain herbs or whatever the case mm-hmm. may be. You know, obviously, like, science is... What were we talking about? Urgency and eff- efficiency? Urgency. So everything is urg- urgency yeah. and efficiency. Yeah. Urgency versus and efficiency. nature's medicine is going to take some fucking time. Yep. But yep. have you seen women in your practice, like, I guess... Sh- go that route or like try to marry the two or what does that look like? Yeah. And that's how I got into the space is marrying the two. I think marrying the two is important because you want to have the appropriate testing done to see if it's even a possibility. So I think first, if you know that your hormones are okay and Doctors also need to do that transvaginal ultrasound to see how many follicles you have on each side. You want to make sure there's no fibroids or polyps like blocking the place that the baby would try to implant. You want to do like testing to make sure your fallopian tubes aren't blocked. I think once you know that those things are okay, then you want to try to incorporate more like, you know, like you said, homeopathy or naturopathic medicine or functional medicine. I think those things are important. 
But as a naturopathic doctor, I'm still saying it. I think you still want to know that you're okay first mm-hmm. because you would hate to be eating eight cups of broccoli and your fallopian tubes are blocked. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> why did I just eat all this broccoli? It's not going to, it's not changing. <laughs> it's, That's not going to do the trick. Yeah. Because you know, when, when your eggs are traveling down that fallopian tube, the sperm has to get through to meet the egg and create that embryo. So if your tubes are blocked, no amount of nutrition is going to reverse that. So I think like, marrying the two to me um is so important especially as we get well into our 30s and mm-hmm. understanding like exa- identifying exactly what may or may not could be the trouble but just instead of aimlessly just like i'll be fine eating drinking herbs yeah yeah so yeah us as 35 year old women do you like if you ideally had an age for women to start doing this process what would be your suggestion yeah, I would say 35. I think like 30, I think when you get 30 and you're maybe you're not partnered at 30, but you know you want a family, I would say this is a good time to say, you know what, let me just go get this testing done. Mm. Um, because the initial testing is not that expensive. Like the initial testing is typically between like 150 to $300. Uh-huh. And that's like even like Beverly Hills. I feel like the most ex- expensive place I saw here was like 475 And that includes like the imaging the blood test. And so some people think it's really expensive and it's not. Okay. Um, and sometimes your insurance will even, even identify that as preventive care. Um, so having that testing done, even your OBGYN might do it. So then that way it's covered. But I think at 30, if you're like, okay, these niggas is trash. I don't have nobody I really like, but I know I want a family. Let me make sure I'm good so that when I am ready, you know, I'm good to go rather than just kind of waiting it out, you know, and, unfortunately having a harder time in the future right yeah i mean i guess that yeah do you see have you seen a lot more women decide to take agency over their you know their family planning you know even in single like single i know like the more women be professionals and you know it's just more it's more you know people are doing it more yeah yeah i feel like most of my calls are single parent family building Mm. which i think is so fire Mm. like I think it's amazing because sometimes we rush into relationships that we know might not mm. be great because we're like, I really need to have a baby. You're not my choice, but I really want to have a baby. Mm. Um, and I love that single parent family building allows you to say, like, I'm going to have a baby. I really want a baby. So I'm going to go ahead and have a baby. And if I meet someone, great. Mm-hmm. But if not, I still have the family that I want. Um, so I do see far more white women doing it. Um, then I see black women, but again, I don't know if that's just the demo at my job, mm. you know, but I do see a lot more women taking agencies. There's so many like Facebook groups of women building communities all around building families by themselves. Mm. And you can literally do that by finding a sperm donor, somebody, you know, who you cool with, or, you know, actually going to a donor agency and finding someone and you can do like intrauterine insemination or at home insemination, um, to, to start your own family. And it's not as expensive. Mm. Man, I think that I hope that my hope is that a woman that makes that choice is getting her tribal in line. <laughs> I, hope, I, I was really thinking hope, that. I was. Thinking I really that. hope so because yes, it's it's. I understand this, and I I have the privilege of having a child, yeah. so like I can sit here and say this, yeah. right? And I'm aware of that, but I think also because I have one, I I really understand how important it's not just the want and need to have a child, but like. Do you have the community in place, the circle in place to help support and raise that child and support yourself? Because this shit is not meant to be a one person job. It really, truly isn't, you know. And so do you have like other like 
men or whatever in your family that are going to step up and be and hopefully be that. Yeah. Obviously, shit. Listen, people have have partners and it doesn't work out and they're you know out here alone as well. But I will say, if you have the luxury of even f- going through this process, like, bitch, get your tribe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get and your this, tribe. This is not a, this is not a one person job. <laughs> like for real, like no. at all. Like, yeah. honestly, like having a, a boyfriend, I realize that I'm like, you know, if you could have like if you can have the most ideal yeah. situation, that is the most. It doesn't mean like you have to have a nigga, but just like make sure you have people who are going to show up for you and, yeah. and like have you like give you breaks yeah. because you need to have other people like a lot of other people. You need real. You need that. God, you need about three God moms, yeah. two, two God dads, two grandparents, <laughs> your parents. <laughs> yeah. 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 No. Um, what about you? Like personally, what is, what is, I mean, do you, are have you frozen your eggs? Like, is this something, have you gotten your eggs tested? Like, yes. do you get a discount because you work in this sheet? <laughs> Can you right. give our discount code? Uh, we'll put it on Patreon exclusively. Can we, if we, right. do, if we get our eggs checked, can we get a discount? Click this link in our episode description. You can get a discount on, you'll get your eggs checked. We got an egg check. How about you? Right, right. $50 off. That's just, that's when sweet. you say good moms. Watch. Now, right. that, now the ad is going to be fed to my fucking phone. Yep. Oh, yeah. They're gonna be, oh, my God. There's going to be so many. I know. Because there's so now. many so many at home tests too but um, my employer covers it okay yeah so that's the only reason i'm able to do it but it is something i have to do this year i was putting it off i'm like okay if nothing you haven't done it yet i haven't done it yet um but my goal is to do it this year um i prefer to do it at home in georgia where like my mom and sister are just so i have support um throughout the process and after my surgery because you do have to have someone there with you after the surgery but it is definitely something I want to do because I do want to have a family and I just don't know when it's going to happen. So, yeah, I yeah. mean, yeah, I think that <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking like, God, I mean, either way, it's going to it's it can be challenging whether you're partnered or not. I mean, and this isn't necessarily even if you're partnered, me and that person's going to show up the way that you want them to anyway. Yeah. And that can sometimes be more devastating. You're in the house with someone that you don't feel supported by and and sleeping next to someone you don't feel supported by and the resentment, you know, that agitation grows. Yeah. So that's a fact. Yeah. And I think like having a choice, I think that's what, to me, that's what I see egg freezing as. It's like giving, like giving yourself agency to say like, you know what? I might not use these eggs. I actually might, you know, meet somebody, get pregnant, not need them, but I want to have the choice, you know what I mean? In the future. And I get to see it in my everyday life. So I know that it's a very real thing that I have to pay attention to. Um, but yeah, to me, just making sure that I am set up in the future if I do need it. Ah, well, thank you so much for all this information. I feel a lot more educated on it. Me and too. also feel like I need to dive almost deeper. I'm like, I need to see a picture of these little implants. I'm also going to Google and do a weird deep dive. Five-day yes. embryo? Yeah. <laughs> and I want to see like the surgery. Like I want to see, like there's got to be some videos no, on it. No, for sure. I can, ima- I can imagine it in my head. Like, like I want to see gentle it. suction. Yeah. <laughs> it's so many Like a long videos. noodle. Yeah. I want to know. Okay, one last question. Okay. Um, do black women over 35 have a higher chance of having multiples? Ooh, good question. Is this a fact? Is this a, a fact? I saw it as a fact. That's no. why I'm, oh. I'm, I'm, I'm asking again. That's a good question. I haven't seen that, but <laughs> but I do know with certain procedures, certain things you do, do increase your risk of multiples. So, like, if you were to do, like, 
intrauterine insemination at a clinic. So that's where they just like inject the sperm through your cervix. That does increase your risk of multiples. Right. But I haven't seen it like in black women specifically. I saw a, I saw a, a statistic <gasps> that black women have higher chance. Like really? No, like, like our chances of having um, multiples after 35 are like, Increase significantly. Hmm. Ooh, ain't nobody got time for that. Right. Yeah. Ain't nobody got the fucking time. You know Orlando's mom's a twin. Mm. Oh, the <laughs> 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 face. I'm so thankful that you came and we got to have, ask all these millions of questions. Yes, yes. <laughs> I appreciate you for just inviting me. You have such a beautiful community, and I think it's important just for them to know, like, you have options and. You can build a life however you want. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you for the work that you do. Thank you. Um, can you tell our people where they... Oh, actually, no. Wait, do you have an affirmation? <gasps> I oh, yeah. do. Yes. I do. She told me to bring... She told me to bring one. Um, I had to, but I'll stick with um, being me is how I win. Being me is how I win. That's yeah. a fact. How I win. Yes. Yeah. Um, we pulled a tarot card at the beginning <gasps> of the show. I am so nervous about it. I told her Drea's uh, reading from Poor Minds. Oh, oh the one like, who was like, a friend is about to betray you. I was like, she is- please don't let me pull that. I love them. I'm I was like, please don't pull that. Yeah, I, I need to check in on her and see what, what happened. Then right. Right. Yeah. That. I just saw her. She looked like she was on vacation. She looked perfectly fine. Oh, I know. They were living okay. their best life. Fine ass hoes. Fine ass hoes. In Ibiza, Miami. I was like, bitch, take me with you. I'll be your girlfriend. Right. I told Drea. I said, bitch, if it don't work out, we'll be together. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Lex is not a lesbian. Could we, do we need to like do a double, the, like a <laughs> double wives situation? <laughs> uh, oh my god! Um, the nine of wands means resilience, courage, persistence. Wait, this guy looks fucked up. Poor guy. Is nine? Is, am I counting? It, it is nine. It, he does look like he had to be resilient. He has like a cloth on his head. Like test of faith and boundaries. Good. That's what it says. That is perfect. Wait, for test me. of faith and boundaries. Um. I forgot what I just said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Test of boundaries. Oh, wow. Shout out to Biddy Tarot that has been teaching us tarot for two years. Um, wow. Nine of Wands. The Nine of Wands comes as a sign that even in the face of adversity, you stand tall and strong. Mm. You may be on the edge of exhaustion, but you are resilient, persistent, <laughs> and ready to do what it takes to get to the finish line. This card may also come when you feel battered and bruised, having endured significant challenges and struggles along your path. Just when you think you are making progress, you suffer another setback. The Nine of Wands asks you to trust that this is merely a test of your grit and resilience and know that every time you overcome an obstacle, you are getting stronger. You have the inner resources necessary to overcome any any difficulty you encounter, even though it may seem impossible at the time. See this nine as an insurance that you will eventually prosper if you maintain your position. And if you do not succeed at first, then try again. Ooh, that's a word. Mm. Mm. If at first you don't succeed, <laughs> dust, yourself, dust yourself up and try again. I've heard that. that. Sorry. You couldn't resist. I couldn't. It just I went there. They that. said it. They said the right. lyrics right there. The lyrics are right there. I received that. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <sighs> well, thank you for coming on our show. I thank appreciate you. you. I, again, I appreciate all the work that you do. You. I think that it's really important for black women to see other black women um, doing the work that you do and, and making and normalizing it and making destigmatizing this idea around infertility and that you don't have options and that there's something wrong with you and that 
you won't be able to experience motherhood if that's what you show so choose so i appreciate i appreciate all that you do thank you can you tell the people where they can find you yes yes so you can find me on instagram at the fertility advantage um twitter raquel hammonds and my youtube is what the fertility what the fertility i love that yeah so subscribe to her youtube subscribe (laughs) to our youtube get on youtube right now um and uh we'll see you guys next week yeah We'll see you October 21st. Oh, yeah. the show, right? Oh, yeah, guys. We're having a live show. On October 21st in LA at the Telegram Ball... Is that? No. Telegram. Telegram Ballroom. (laughs) I'm going to have them at the Telegram if it's the last thing I do. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know where it is. The Telegram Ballroom. Come get ratchet with us. It's Confessions of a Good Mom. Mm. (laughs) And, yeah. See you guys later. We got high. Bye. Bye, yeah. (laughs) 7% my ass. (laughs) Honestly. She played y'all. I was just trying to play us. I was like, what the